DJ and PK, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It's time to welcome in B.J. Reigns. Welcome him back to the show. He writes for the Idaho Press-Tribune. Covers the Boise State Broncos. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows the 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. BJ, good morning. What's going on? I was just thinking about this. I think I've been on the show enough times that I deserve like my own entrance music or something. <laughs> nice. Hey, he needs some walk-up music. What do you got in mind? I don't know. It's kind of cliche, but I mean, a good like you know, Guns and Roses, Welcome to the Jungle. That'll get you fired up for a segment, probably. I mean, we could think of something. I'll, I'll talk to Mr. Hatch there, and we'll figure it out. Excellent. I like the way you think here. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. We've we've obviously we had you on before the season. We had you on before the Utah State game, and as you talk about the Broncos and teams evolve, I know they're two and three, and that catches people's eyes. I don't know that we should take much from what happened in the season opener when they had to travel to the East Coast first game. I don't know how much that stuff matters. Uh, when we get to this point, where they made a play at the end and won or lost that game. I'm real curious about what happened in Nevada in the most recent game, losing Nevada at home 41-31, being unable to get stops, and how that translates to this game. What's going on with the Bronco defense? Because you look at the numbers, and Nevada threw the ball, they ran the ball, they finished in the red zone and scored touchdowns. What happened? Well, I would actually say, you know, the, the numbers may look bad for the defense, but I, I think that game was lost by the Boise State offense. Uh, three turnovers in the second half, and all three gave uh, prime field position to Nevada. I mean, Boise State was, you know, winning by one point at halftime, had the ball to start the second half, and first play of the third quarter, Bachmeyer gets strip sacked and, and uh, fumbles the ball like the 10 yard line, and, and right away, Nevada scores and uh, gets a two-point conversion, and all of a sudden they're up by seven just like that. And so it kind of changed the game. So, um, you know, the defense has given up a lot of yards, but they've actually been one of the better red zone teams in the country. Uh, I think they were number six prior to this game. And so, um, you know, they've been a, a bend-but-don't-break defense. They had, you know, 12 turnovers in the first uh, four games and then had none in that game. So um, typically the defense is actually, for the most part, done okay in terms of getting turnovers, limiting teams in the red zone. They'll give up some yards, but they're not giving up points. But in that game, they, were, you know, they, they did have some, some issues. But I say that it was the offense, uh, three turnovers in the second half, which the second half has been a huge problem for Boise State all season. All three of their losses, they had horrible third quarters. So um, that's something that they're certainly trying to, to get fixed uh, this week for sure. Offensively, BYU is just absolutely brilliant in turnovers. Only have two. One was a, a, an end of the half and then the pick – in which the running back Algier went and, and got the ball back for them, so the other team's offense didn't even get on the field. Uh, so I don't know that Boise's going to be able to get a lot of turnovers. Maybe it could happen. Uh, I think, as I see it, if you and there's a whole a whole bunch of factors that determine an outcome, but if I can single it down to one thing, it's Boise State's ability to have success in stopping the running attack for the Cougars. And conversely, if the Cougars can't run the ball, then I think they're in trouble. So I'm thinking whoever wins that individual game within the game wins the game. How do you think that Boise's going to do against BYU's rushing attack? Well, if you look at the numbers, it's pretty one-sided for BYU. I mean, Boise State's rush defense has not been good this year. It's ranked 108th in the country. Uh, they've given up 194 yards per game on the ground. Um, in three of the five games, they gave up at least 230 yards. Uh, the, the running back Bowers for uh, UCF had a huge game. 
the running back for Oklahoma State had a huge game. Uh, both those guys were up over 175 yards by themselves. So uh, if I was watching film and I was Tyler Algier, I, I might be, uh, you know, thinking I got a chance to run for 300 yards in this game. I mean, uh, he, he's, you know, everybody knows what he did on your show, 212 yards last week against Utah State. I think he's number nine leading uh, rusher in the nation. And Boise State knows all about him. I mean, last year he had that 86-yard touchdown run uh, in Boise. Uh, pretty early in the game to kind of give them the lead, and he went untouched right down the middle on like a third or fourth down. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of talk this week. That's certainly a big focus on the game with the quarterback situation uncertain for BYU. Um, Boise State has to find a way, and they're just so thin on the defensive line right now. They came in thinking they were going to have a you know very talented defensive line, very talented linebacker core, and the secondary was going to be the problem. And it's been kind of reversed. They got uh, you know, two starters out with injuries along the D line. They're missing some other guys. I mean, they're just they're just piecing things together. They're trying uh, tight end to D end in practice. I mean, they're doing what they can to try to fix uh, the thing, the, the the issues up front. And so, Andy Avalos' defenses have always figured it out, but to this point, they haven't. And if Tyler Algier can do what he's done all season and run the ball, Boise State will be in some trouble. Do they miss tackles? I mean, are they right there and guys just can't wrap up? Guys run through them. Yeah, it's a lot of issues. You know, you ask, we ask every week, and we're kind of like a broken record talking with the coaching staff. But a lot of it's depth, a lot of it's the D line not getting a lot of push, and um, there's just a lot of uh, you know yards before contact. Sometimes there's just holes, and guys are having chances at big runs. And I mean, I know uh, you know JL Skinner is a heck of a player, uh, the safety for Boise State. But when he's leading your team in tackles in all five games. Um, and is like the number two tackler in the nation. There's some good with that, but there's also some bad with that. I mean, he's a heck of a player, but there's too many guys getting to the second and third level uh, of the defenses. The D-line is just really struggling, and, and um, you know, there's been games where they, the Oklahoma State game, they knew, I mean, they had seven yards passing in the first half, and so they knew they were going to run the ball, and they still couldn't stop them. They just run it right up the middle. So, um, you know, they've got some guys, and they, they say they're close to figuring some things out, and that's obviously been a huge focal point. So, you know, I would assume maybe it's a little better than what it's been this week. But, you know, against a team that wants to run the football and has a big offensive line and is physical, I, I don't love that matchup for Boise State. Right, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, you look at Boise State, now they've had a lot of success over the last decade or so running the ball. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, they're as good this year. What do you think is going to happen there? Another big issue for Boise State that's been very perplexing. The offensive line has not been good. Um, they've moved guys around a different spot. The, the left tackle in the game against Nevada was the only guy that had started in that spot in a game already this season. Um, you know, they've been just trying different combinations. Their starting center has been out all season. Uh, he has not played. Um, they've had a lot of snap issues with the two centers they've tried to replace him with. So some of the rushing numbers, I mean, they lost 40 yards on two bad snaps. They had a 19-yard and a 21-yard loss in the Nevada game on plays where Bachmeyer wasn't ready when the ball was snapped. Um, they had a couple like that in the, in the uh, Utah State game, including one at the end zone where it was almost a safety, and Bachmeyer somehow caught it and uh, threw it away. Um, but um, that's been a big issue, and that's caused them a lot of negative yards. And they had 97 negative yards in that game. Bachmeyer was sacked six times, and they lost the 40 yards in the two bad snaps. So you take away the 97, they actually felt like they ran the ball the best they have all season. In the first 12 carries, I think they had 63 yards. Um, they were getting, you know, five yards of carry, and they felt pretty good about it early in the game. And then as they fell behind, they had to pass more. And then, like I said, some of the numbers changed. But it's been bad. I mean, George Shalani's injured again. Don't know if he'll play on Saturday. I wouldn't think so. He left the last game early. Uh, he was a 1,000-yard back as a freshman, and last year was hurt all year, and this year hasn't really been able to, to stay healthy either. And they got an Oregon transfer, Cyrus Abibi-Lakio. He's been okay. 
Um, but uh, they just have, for whatever reason, they have not been able to, to run. I mean, Tyler Crow, a walk-on who just earned a scholarship last week, has been you know arguably one of their best uh, running backs. And he comes in you know in the fourth quarter in some of these games. So maybe they have to start mixing some up the depth chart. I don't know. But it all comes back to the O-line. The O-line has not been very good, and they're trying to mix and match and find combinations. And you know they had two starters out last game, and I know they know that the defensive line for, for BYU is big and physical and going to be another huge challenge this week. So I think that uh, – both running games and both offensive line, you know, defensive line battles, I think, are, are certainly going to be what decides this game. So how did the Broncos get it together against the Aggies? Because that game seems like an outlier versus these other games you're talking about. I mean, they, play, yeah, they played really well. They had a good second half. They, they mixed it up with the, the play calling. Um, they had a, you know, they had nine snaps out of the Wildcat. Um, they tried some different things there. Um, you know, they... Had three turnovers, I believe, and had one at the goal line, and they just had uh, some some really good plays. And there was a, a botched punt that, that Utah State uh, it didn't work, and the guy tried to pull it for a fake punt, and that didn't work. Boise State stuffed them. They had a, a couple fourth down stops, I believe. Um, so, I mean, I think uh, you know, I it was really an outlier with what you saw, but I you know I also you know want to see more of Utah State before we you know kind of talk about that. But I mean. Um, I think they just, you know, they're, they're close. I mean, if they're not the best two and three team in the country, they're probably certainly up there. And that's kind of how they feel. And they feel like they, you know, you mentioned the UCF game and, and they, you know, were up by 21 points and let that game slip away in the second half. Uh, they would have won the Oklahoma State game if the whistle wasn't blown by the referee when they had a scooping score with four minutes left in the game. So they feel like they certainly had, you know, ever gave Oklahoma State a top 20 team right now, everything they could handle. Um, and so they don't, you know, the Nevada game, the second half, again, was really bad, three turnovers, but they don't feel like they're a terrible team. And, you know, the last time they were two and three, Andy Avalos was a freshman linebacker in 2001. And when they were two and three, they beat Tulsa or somebody. And then in the next game, they went to Fresno State, a number eight Fresno State team on the road and upset them. And that was the last time an unranked Boise State team has beaten a top 10 team. Um, and that was kind of the game that everybody says kind of started Boise State on this two you know, decade of uh, dominance trajectory. And so Andy Avalos is kind of using that as a rallying thing this week. But, hey, I've been 2-3 and three. the last time Boise State was 2-3 and three here. We were, I know what good things can come of it, and there's a lot of season left. And so they, they, they're they they're embracing that kind of nobody giving us a chance in this game mentality, and they're, they're enjoying being the rare underdog. And they're, they're I think, going to play free and loose and see what happens. I believe for BYU, for their defensive backfield, uh, Dreglin then out of SC is going to be the best receiver they're going to face this year. But I also think number two, and not that far behind, is Khalil Shakur. I mean, because I think this guy is absolutely brilliant. I think he's averaging, what, like 17 yards a catch, something like that. Uh, so I believe Bachmeyer is going to look for him every chance he can get. Can you tell us just how good this kid is and what do you think he can do against the Cougars? Oh, I mean, he's going to play on Sundays. How high of a pick he is, I don't know the answer to that. You know, Boise State guys often don't get the the love sometimes in terms of the draft rankings because they did not play in the same competition and all that. But the thing to me is he, just, he doesn't drop passes. I mean, he made one catch the other day. It was a horrible throw from Bachmeyer into double coverage in the corner of the end zone, and Shakir wasn't even looking. He turns around at the last minute and just sticks out one hand and somehow palms the ball for an amazing touchdown catch. And He does that every game. He's had four or five one-handed catches, and you just type in Khalil Shakir 
on um, you know Twitter or something, and some of the video highlights that come up, it's insane. I mean, every game he makes at least one catch where you're like, how the bleep did he catch that? And so, um, yeah, the problem is teams know that. You know, they've got Steph Cobbs, number five, is really emerging as a nice secondary option. He had ten catches for 132 yards and two touchdowns against Nevada. I think Shakir only had four catches in that game. So, um, you know, if they have to, you know, find other ways to get him involved, get him more touches, and I know that's a really important thing this week is whether he's out of the wildcat formation, which he'll do a couple times, whether it's the kind of fly jet sweep stuff or whether it's just, you know, getting him more targets. They know that he's their best player on offense, and they've got to find a way to get him the ball more. He's a, he's a special player. You know, he's a, a true senior. He played as a true freshman. This is only his fourth year. And it's pretty much, you know, there's no chance of him coming back for the COVID year. Everyone knows he's probably gone. So, um, they, they, you know, they don't want to waste a special season like they have a chance to get from him. And he's got a chance to, to put together some of the records and things like that for, for uh, catches and yards and touchdowns if he can kind of pick up the pace a little bit. But uh, he's, he's a heck of a player for sure. Number two is definitely one to look out for. So for BYU, this has turned into a nice rivalry, and people look forward to it. In the independent era, that's been really important. But Boise State's got big conference games. They've got UCF and Oklahoma State on the schedule. Does this disappear a little bit into the schedule, or is this a big deal? And for whatever the Broncos' problems have been, the whole team is going to be up for this. Oh, they'll be up for it, no doubt about it. I mean, there was a ton of talk this year about the or this week about the picture that BYU took on the field last year. Um, and it's not the first time that's happened. New Mexico did it like 2015 or something when New Mexico won on the blue. They took a team picture, and that was the talk all week. And we're certainly talking different circumstances here, but Boise State blew them out on the road by like 40 the next year. And so um, they're certainly dealing with a different animal tomorrow. But, yeah, it's, that was a big talk, and that, that picture has circulated its way around the, the locker room. They did, you know, Boise State didn't like that, but they – you know, and it's not like they were mad at BYU. I think it was more like, how do we let that happen? Like, how do we play bad enough and get blown out? Um, you know, at home to to be in a position where a team is on the field celebrating, taking a picture. So I think it was just a humbling moment for them, not like a necessarily a pissed off at BYU moment. But um, that's been something that certainly has motivated them. The feeling of that game, losing to BYU two years in a row, and yeah, this is a huge game for them. And, and like I said, it's the last non-conference game, so. In terms of like their goals in the Mountain West and stuff, this has nothing to do with that. So they're kind of playing free and easy. They're not going to a New Year's Six Bowl. They really have nothing to you know play for, so to speak, on a national level. And since this game is non-conference, it doesn't mean much. But no, it's always a big game. It's a uh, you know I'm excited that it's in the daytime, first matchup in the day with these two teams. That'll be fun. Um, but no, they're excited. They're fired up, and a lot of fans up here are hoping that it continues, even with BYU going to the Big Twelve. I know there's some uncertainty of it. There's been a little talk that. Hey, maybe this is the last trip for Boise State to Provo. I mean, in 2023, if BYU joins the Big 12, who knows what games they're going to choose to keep. And so um, there's a lot of talk about this maybe, you know, possibly being the last trip to Provo for a while. And I think that's, uh, you know, certainly something that Boise State fans would like to see the series continue if it could. B.J. Reigns, he needs his own walk-up music. He's been on the show so much. Covers the Broncos for the Idaho Press Tribune. Thanks for joining us again this morning. Always a pleasure, guys. Talk to you soon. <laughs> He's went one. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some walk off music right there. All right, David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, coming up at, in 15 minutes. Coming up next, PK, for a lot of our listeners, doesn't matter if you're 20, doesn't matter if you're 30. Doesn't matter if you're 40. I guess we could play this out. Doesn't matter if you're 80. <laughs> so well, if you don't do this, touchstone. If you don't do this in the coming weeks, 
You're not a real man. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.